What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are rocking live with Lyles Movie Files. I'm he. My brother Jace is here. What's up, bro? Shot. What's going on, man? How are you? Cooling. Gun, how are you tonight? All right. Doing great, man. Doing great. Just, uh, you know, lots of fun noises in the background here, but uh, otherwise, I'm good. Good stuff. All right. I cannot take off from this because my boss will not hear any of it. But I, as usual, am fully caught up in Olympic fever. And this has been a very interesting opening week in an already ridiculously unique Olympics. There's no, there's very little crowd. I mean, there's a few fans and stands and some teammates, and I think it sucks because, you know, these, these, these Olympic athletes so hard for four years and then there's no one in the stands to cheer them on and to celebrate what they're doing what they're not doing and it's just kind of like a crummy thing and you know it sucks this this pandemic is still going on and yeah like over in tokyo it doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon and they're really not able to even take advantage of being in a different country and just soak in the ambiance it's just like work 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 if you can go see somebody else I, mean, it's, I don't know but i have been getting my full dose of nbc cb or U, usa cnbc just scrolling through what i want to watch the tricky thing here though is wait a second that was recorded at or that was live at 1 a.m on tuesday when i was watching it and now they're acting like well they say it's a replay at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm like, I've already watched this, right? Oh, yeah, I did watch this. So it's real tricky. But I'm sure what everybody's talking about with the big event, the big news from the Olympics is Simone Biles, um, the self-proclaimed and widely recognized GOAT of women's gymnastics, had to pull out of an event due to her mental health. This has led to a firestorm of opinions where lots of people it seems to be kind of a 75 25 split where a lot of people are like yo do you take care of yourself you've already got this gold medal doesn't matter anyway um just do what you need to do and get your head straight and then there are other people who are like you're a quitter how dare you abandon the u.s if you were so concerned about your mental health, you should have stayed home and not gone to, to Tokyo, gone through all this vaccination lockdown. You should have represented the country better and stayed home. And why did you only care about your mental health when you started losing? And you know, I, was, I was hanging out with my little brother. And on Sunday, when before that, Simone was talking in an interview of how this is a very different Olympics for her. She's 25. She's the senior, one of the senior members of the gymnastics team. And there are little kids running around doing this stuff. And it's funny how quickly gymnastics or gymnasts age out of their profession in terms of competition. Because to me, I'm like, how in the world would you be doing something when you're like, you know, pixie size? And then at 25, you've aged out. It's not even that you can't even do it, but just like, whoa. And she was saying, like, she's starting to think about these, these tricks that she's doing. Like, wait, I could mess myself up. And, you know, watching this stuff, it's like, yeah, I could see really easily. Like, I, I, I could not even bring myself to thinking about doing some of these flips for all the thoughts of, oh, man, I could break my knee, my ankle, my neck. Oh, no. And... She sounds like she's at that point where she's thinking about, you know, all this stuff can happen. And I think that's not a good place to be in when you're flipping around and doing all these crazy rotations and doing things that no one else has done. And I think I raised this point to Jay's earlier where it's like, you went to the Olympics and you racked up and you just soared and you did your thing and you got all these gold medals. I'm struggling to find the allure of, all right, let me go back, do it again. Because I mean, you know, unless you're Michael Phelps, you're really not going to go just back and do it again. And I'd argue that gymnasts have a much harder path than swimmers because you can keep swimming, but your body is changing when you're doing something as a 12, 13-year-old. And then all of a sudden, hey, four years have passed to your body, which has now changed dramatically. 
and we want you to do the same thing and just win everything that you already won. I've talked a lot about this. So, um, Jace, what's your take on this thing? My take is she's truly, she really didn't have anything to prove. And she's like, and like somebody like, oh, you can't be the GOAT if, you know, you don't win at all. It's like, that's never been our standard. It's like, we, you win, if you rack up the most titles. Like, if you've done all the, I mean, she hadn't lost in competition in so many years straight. It's like, you, you just have to, I mean, you, you just have to actually hit like the, somebody's like, yo, it's time for me to leave. I'm not, I'm not killing myself. I've already had enough miles on my knees and back. I'm actually thinking about what comes after this Olympics. And I don't, and it's it's scary. I mean, it's like, and I can understand. It's like, and you don't even have, and I think you brought up a good point. It's like, there would be times, like, if you were messing up, you could at least have a crowd, like, kind of, all right, okay, I got it in my head. This isn't just a training session. They can hype me up. Now, this is like everybody's watching you in almost a training stage, and you're like, this isn't the same. This isn't the thrill I had from the Olympics four years ago. It's not like you said, oh, Simone Biles took a spot from somebody. Because it's like, it's, I think Jordan, uh, the Jordan Child said, uh, we would not have gotten this silver medal if it wasn't for you in the prelims. I mean, getting us to, the, to second place in the prelims. Like, we would have been okay, but we might not have got a medal. Like, your your presence here got us to this point. You don't have anything else to prove to you. And we have, and it's like, for, and she wasn't like she's taking somebody's spot in the whole around because somebody else could get in there it's not like and so she has nothing else to prove so i think she made the right call for her it is interesting this discussion on mental health because i feel like it's starting to become more prominent now and people are going listen mental health is important and you know we've seen i mean geez we've seen school shootings where clearly students are not in the right mental health space and they just go in and start shooting off and i mean you see people going back to their jobs after getting laid off or whatever shooting up and you know we want to go it's because it's so the guns are so accessible which is true um you shouldn't be able to uh take longer to get a drink if you're 21 than to or 20 than to be able to go to walmart which actually has a sign of the joint i was telling jace they have a sign at Walmart that says, please conceal your firearms. I'm like, what kind of Wild West saloon am I going into? And, yeah, I think that it's really good that we're talking more about mental health because, you know, people are just like, no, you got to suck it up. Do your thing. This is how we did it back in my day. And, Chase, I was thinking about Chris Benoit. And, you know, he had a, clearly had some mental health issues or all came to a head at that day but i wonder what would happen with him and like a bunch of wrestlers from the 80s and 90s if they had some outlet for their mental health where it wasn't just yo let's just pop some more pills let's drink some more i wonder how many more of those guys would still be around if people were not so shamed to take care of their mental self in the long i mean because these dudes are like oh i'm aching from getting pounded on the mat all the time and i gotta keep popping pills there's nothing else to it um but yeah, but now I think we're starting to, the door starting to crack open a little bit more. Like, yo, maybe we should take care of people's mental health and value that and not just act like they're robots jumping and dancing in our, jump, you know, like for our benefit. I know in two years, I'm not going to be able to tell you the members of who won this gold medal team. I can't tell you all the members of the final five right now. So it's like, yeah, we won gold, but I mean, I'm not going to remember that. Now, I can tell you half the roster of the 94 Niners that last won the Super Bowl, but I'm, you know, I'm not in the gymnastics or any Olympic sport to that nature. I'm not that obsessed with it. So to make them go, hey, right now for these two weeks, I really care about you and you better win that gold. Otherwise, you're a loser. OK, well, here's, here's the other thing. If and, I, and, I'm, and I'll just be straight blunt on this. Nobody had that much concern when. Larry Nasser was doing all that stuff to the gymnasts. There was no, you know, where was that? Oh, that's that's the other part to it. Because yeah, I mean, like, so they all got this anything on any on that. Yeah, they've all got this kind of trauma that's existing, and Simone was one of those who dealt with that dude, and it's just that's crummy. And 
You know, people are like, oh, I'll just do that. But it's like, that's, that's a huge deal for young girls, young boys. And to have to go through that in silence, in shame, and then you get propped up because everybody's like, yeah, you won the gold medal. But then afterwards, you have to go home and deal with all that stuff. Gunner, what's your take on all this? I'm a two minds of it. I mean, mental health is important. And I think there needs to be a space where your love of the game and some people are willing to push past their mental state or second-guessing themselves and getting the twisties and all the things that I've read. And there should be a space for, hey, you know what? I can't do this. And unfortunately for me, that space isn't one point away from the leader. You know what I mean? Just because you're losing doesn't, and then all of a sudden everything else comes crumbling down, that's a little weird. But then I also, like I said, I'm in two minds of it. I also look at Junior Seau. What happened to him? He loved the game. He was going to play the game. Now, he tried to get help. And he tried to get help, and he just couldn't. And if, you know, playing NFL over covering up the C, you know, denial of CTE and the effects of it and all that stuff. And he loved the game. If he, who's to say that even if he had the space to say, hey, I need help, got help, whatever, would he stop playing? Because he loved the game that much. Now, again, this is a slippery slope one way or the other to me. I'm very much like, what's happening? Nothing. Listen, Kevin. Oh, okay. I just see flipping and stuff. That's all. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm very much like, it's a slippery slope on both sides to me. It's just like, okay, at what point do people start using this as an excuse to just quit when things get harder? Um, and yeah, and then also <laughs> gold medals that you've already won are a little less important than your actual mental health if you're really having a breakdown and think you're going to break your neck because you don't know where you are in the air. That's an issue, right? You know what I mean? But it's about timing to me. And at this point, you, you, you're you on a team. Then you have your individual after that. Uh-oh. Why not power through and then be like, you know what? I can't do the rest. Why not do that? I mean, I'm, I'm old school on that a little bit, where winners want the ball when the game is on the line type of person. That's a little weird for me especially as a competitor, as an athlete, as someone who's always been an athlete. Yeah, you don't have anything to prove to the fans. Your teammates were kind of counting on you. Well, I think Sure, they got to be understanding. They say they're understanding, but what else are they going to say at this point, right? But it, it just seems, again, I'm of two minds of it. I get it. I completely get it. I definitely understand, the, you know, what happens when you have unchecked mental issues. Um, I've definitely seen that enough. I also see that you're also on a team. Which way do you go on that one? Here's my thing. I don't know. I'm not a gymnast, gymnastic expert. But I'm pretty sure without Simone Biles, they don't win the gold medal. Even their their next alternate up is not coming up. It's not going to win. So they, they, it's like, and I was going to try and use another analogy, like, in Jordan, like in that 93, like, I don't know if you all watched the, the, the last dance, but like Jordan's like, I watched enough until his insufferable megalomaniac ego made me stop watching. So to talk about what Gunner was saying, you know, are you a megalomaniac if you actually did it? Just saying. No, no, no. Just, he's, just, right, he's, he's not the goat. He's actually grandeur. There's a difference. No, what, what I'm what I'm saying is like when like Jordan hit a point. It's like, hey, part of what y'all want me to do is not have a life. I'm having some mental... When he, technically, like, when he decided, hey, I'm not talking to media because y'all think I'm a gambling addict, and I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to do this. This is a part of my job. Right now, I don't want to do. And back then, it was just, that was his choice. But that was his mental health. Like, I'm taking my time. I'm not letting y'all put me into a bad state. Take like, a break. I am <laughs> the best player in the game. And say, similar to Simone Boss, he's like, I am the best in this. But... Right now, I'm this. I need this time away, and unfortunate, it's unfortunate the time for her and the team. But it's like her. It's like 
I gotta I gotta live with myself tomorrow. And doing this crap, and it, tonight is not today. I apologize, but I gotta look out for me. And that's okay. And that's where and I land on. If she can look herself in the mirror and say, "Cool," and the teammates are cool, cool. I just know your Jordan analogy. He didn't do that in the last two minutes in any game, ever. Well, see, the ever. thing is, this is. I think we're we're this trying game. to compare. Jordan to Biles, and I don't think that's fair for several reasons. One, Jordan didn't exist in this pandemic that has been crushing to a lot of people uh, for over a year now. Like, that is a huge thing. And I have a huger thing. Social media. Yeah, he didn't do you that. I Joe mean, Schmo Jordan, calling you the N-word whether you're succeeding or not. Right. That's got to take yeah. a toll. Exactly. And you want to be like, oh, I'll just turn it off. But I mean, at the same time, why am I turning off Twitter? Because I want to connect with people. I want to see what's going on. Oh, I've got my name mentioned. Oh, they're calling me this right. word. Great. Thanks. That's really helpful. Let me just read about this movie that I'm interested in. Uh, Jordan also didn't have to deal with social media, which you said is crucial. Jordan also took his ball and went home after his father died. He was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go play baseball because that's what I really want to do. And that's that's added to the Jordan lore now, but it's not like he didn't do the same, well, not the same thing, but he was like, I've had it. I'm done with this. He didn't say it in so many words. Like, I need need a mental health break. He was like, whatever. I've done all I need to do. I've proven what I need to. I'm out of here. After you won again, though. After you won again, he did three straight. I mean, she had been winning all right. this stuff. After it that. wasn't like she needed to go, oh, let me do this all over again. She he rolled out after that, that, not during. After. What I get that she didn't the want to do it. Is that he was doing that in a three-year span. He didn't. He he took a break and then had to go back and win three more championships. There was really no break in this for her. And she went through the same pandemic that we all went through. She went through everything that happened to black people last year. Jordan didn't have to deal with this because, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. So, I mean, it's just, it's different. We shouldn't compare the two of them. And, yeah. So, okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Gunner. There have been other NFL, NBA title holders that go to preseason the roster's already set, and then once they get there, they're just like, I'm done. Like, it's it's time for me to walk away. And I think, I mean, I think we all have to accept that. It's like, hey, I, I you so guys... are saying before the game starts, before no, the I'm, season no, no, starts. No, I'm saying, like, the roster... Because no this is literally play. with the game on the line, and she's like, I'm out. That's an issue for me, and that will always be an issue for me, despite the fact that I understand it's, it's a thing. If you understand it, it's an issue. <laughs> I, no, no, no. It's not, it's, but it's not binary. I get it. And there's a time and place. <laughs> you can be of two minds of it. I, it's I, not I binary. It. <laughs> it's not binary. You can seriously be an athlete and be competitive and still have mental breaks and have a break and take a break. But to do that literally while you're in the middle of the competition seems a little strange to me. Well, let's say it's like I, I we were watching the go to the individuals and quit then. And we were watching the prelims, and it was like, oh, I'm not doing. I mean, you could see she was like kind of her timing was off, and it was like, whoa, shoot, if I mess this up a little bit, I mean, it's like she could have got into her head. It's like you can't call a therapist like, yo, I'm having, I hate to say this, I'm having the yips at its worst possible time. Like, can somebody, can my therapist, somebody, can I get on the phone? Can I get on? I can't, and I can't. I, this in my head. Like basketball, this is, I think Jeff said it right, this is dangerous to be doing. And this is not the time to have doubt in yourself. You've got to have supreme confidence in your ability. If you have doubts, you could kill yourself, paralyze yourself. I mean, I think we all saw stories about people retiring at 25 because basically they were so broken after this. It's like, so it's like, you got to, if you can't get that help, you're like, nope, got to go. I'm sorry. I got to live myself in 45. I'm sorry, y'all don't win a gold medal. Jordan's a jerk, so I just like to say that again. I mean, like, you know, we, we try to put him on, or they try to put him on this pedestal. He's a jerk. And I know it's like, he's a winner, though. But he's a jerk. That's the and, reason why they named the trophy after Bill Russell and not Michael Jordan. Jordan Jordan is very much like, if you were to, to have your kids emulate somebody, would you really want to raise a Jordan? Because Jordan sacrificed everything to okay win. okay well this isn't our okay. sports podcast all right. let's get on some <laughs> stuff all right back to, to the Lyle's movie portion of this all right 
there's a new trailer to drop this week. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, we had a 2016 Ghostbusters. It was not well received by the guys who are, are fearful of women doing anything. Crowd. Uh, I thought the movie was fine. Chris Hemsworth stole the show, which I think is more of a problem than four women headlining the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters movie. Um, it's like, why is the dude stealing the show of the, the movie where we've got four women featured? I can tell you the answer to that. Afterlife is trying to connect to the old generation with this new generation, with Egon's grandchildren leading the way, and they're dealing with Ghost and Paul Rudd's in it. Uh, The trailer looked okay. I know a lot of people were like, I'm so excited, I can't wait for it. I wasn't quite there, but, you know, it looks like it could work. I just kind of like, I wish they had gotten somebody outside of Finn Wolfhard whatever a boy's name is from Stranger Things because it's like, he's already dressed up as a Ghostbuster. I don't need to see him as a Ghostbuster again. Alright, so, Jays, what did you think about this trailer? It's funny, like, it, 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 it was like the it was like the camera was like so HD crisp, it was like, oh, this is like, it, I'm not sure it's like New York was kind of that perfect place on the first one. This was like Middletown, uh, Midwest is like, I don't, Midwest... It's like I, it, it was something weird about the camera, but the subject of the movie, I mean, the trailer was like, okay, we got a decent looking story here. We have connecting pieces. We are acknowledging what happened before, which if you're going to do a reboot slash continuation is the best way to do it. Not trample over it, uh, Disney Star Wars. Um, and it looks like, hey, I if this is one of those HBO Max shows, I definitely pick, I watch it. If I got to go to a theater later on this year, I'm sorry, since it's Thanksgiving, I don't know if I make that move until I see the review on wildsmoviefile.com. Okay, great. Gunner, what'd you think? I think it's fine. It's a fine trailer, but you know, is it, are we seeing the best scenes that we've, that are coming out of the whole movie? You know, cool. You got a little cameo. Cool. I mean, I'm sorry. I was I was turned off by. I'm not sorry. I was turned off by that other Ghostbusters movie, the 2016 one. I know why Chris Hemsworth was the star of the show because all the comedians canceled each other out. All the comedians canceled each other out. None, none to do with women. They were just on the same caliber, except for Leslie Jones, who I'm not a fan of. And at the same time, nobody was a Peter Venkman of. Nobody was the straight person. Nobody was the, you know what I mean? Nobody was the in-between goofy person. There was, and then the random black person was still there. Yay. But she was more of a goofball than, than Winston was. So, um, no goofball. He was was no goofball. I'm here for a paycheck. Like, whatever. I can relate to Winston. Yeah. He was a regular, he was the working man. And that was easy. Big Twinkie. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so it, it's okay. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I just trailer didn't wow me any more than the first one did. Suicide Squad from James Gunn is starting to get critical. The reviews are starting to come in now, and people are excited. The critics are saying this is best or one of the best DC Extended Universe films. That's a very small hurdle because um, what is it? Is it even ten films at this point? There's eight films. Let's see. There is the Superman Man of Steel sequel and third. Wait, I'm sorry. Right. They didn't make a sequel to Man of Steel. All right. So Man of Steel, Justice League, uh, two parts. I don't know which way you want to look at that. Wonder Woman, two films. Second one's trash. Batman vs. Superman. So Suicide Squad and Aquaman. So, yeah, not a whole lot of films. And I guess Harley Quinn. So not a lot of films to throw into this mix to be a top and be like, yes, I'm the winner. Um but I am looking forward to this. I think my main question is, James Gunn did this film. Is this a case of, hey, let's just get one of the Marvel Studio guys who knows what he's doing and have him do one of the movies? And do you think that they will actually learn any lessons from James Gunn's film being so widely and warmly received already from critics? Gunner. I'm not looking forward to this movie. I don't understand why anybody should be... The first Suicide Squad was cut badly. I'll be I'll be honest. I'll be generous. Was cut badly. 
um, the belly dancer of death was really stupid. And now we're answering that with Polka Dot Man and really the most obscure and silly characters of DC Comics that I barely remember. I just recognized them and I was like, yep, no, stop picking up that comic. Nope, don't care about them. Why is this a random character here? I have no reason to deal with this. Like, there are so many, like, even relevant to today type of comics that you could do, but Suicide Squad? Give me All-Star Squadron. Give me give me somebody. Give me an actual legion of superheroes. There are so many good stories out there. Let's make up this random one with these randomest of random Suicide Squad characters. I am good. You know, I I am with you on the quality of characters on this team. It is quite suspect, but... I think we're going to see a bunch of these guys get killed off. And I'd much rather be cannon fodder characters than someone I cared about instead of like Deadshot or Captain Boomerang. You know, like A minus suicide, suicide Squad level characters. You know, put Rat Catcher in there. Put Javelin in there. Characters who, oh man, do you see how they blew up Polka Dot Man and he exploded into Polka Dot pieces? I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not spoiling anything. But yeah. I, I think that's why. It's Ratcatcher 2, so that's right, not even... Right, right, right. I forgot. Because the original Ratcatcher <laughs> died in crisis, right? Anyway. But yeah, so I, I think that's cool, because if, if we're just going to ki- we're gonna make use of the Suicide Squad name and kill them off, then I'd rather it be these bottom tier yeah. characters. Fair. Ace, what do you think? Okay, I actually just watched the last trailer, and I actually am like... I actually am excited. I mean... John Cena, when he, it's funny, like, John Cena, when he's not, he's actually doing very good promotion on the movie. He's like, yo, I'm, we're having fun. I'm having fun in this. And if you can just take the fact that we're actually accepting that, that this part of this movie is ridiculous, fun, and there's going to be a whole lot of people that, like I said, their C, D minus characters are going to die. I think that's actually could make the movie good, especially, like, we saw... The first one, when they're trying to, oh, here's our first Suicide Squimmer guy who dies. It's like, oh, I don't care about him. He was a loser anyway. And now you can actually play it up a little bit. Or like, yeah, he's a loser. Um, instead of actually having like somebody good trying to fight off Starro, which is a competent bad guy, I would understand. Well, they're like, yeah, let's throw those idiots in there versus asking Superman, Batman, all these guys that actually could be a problem with Starro. Fight this yeah, guy. The actual Justice League fight star. Yeah, it's like, that is like way better than this belly dancer or doom who could actually destroy the world. These guys are like, they're the first line in case something happens. They die and get taken over, no big whoop. If Batman gets taken over by Starro, yeah, we got a problem. I might have to call in Superman who might not be taking my call. So I, I'm actually much more excited to see something fun from DC versus Wonder Woman 84 crap. Wow, you guys, I mean, I mean, you guys are like using this platform to just bash stuff that you don't like all the time, like Brett Favre sucks. I mean, sorry. You know, um, yeah. And Michael Jordan, too, right? And Michael Jordan, apparently. I, you know, I mean, I, listen, I respect Jordan. I don't respect Brett Favre. So there, there's a huge difference. Like, I just don't like Jordan. I loathe Brett Favre. Hill popping. Oh, he's so great because he toughed it out through all these games. All right, back to the movies. Batman Long Halloween Part 2 dropped yesterday on digital. First part was so good. So, so, so good. And shockingly, I, you know, I took out my graphic novel, and I was like, did this really happen? Yeah, it did happen, in it? And it was just like, oh, wow, this is so refreshing, the DC movie that sticks to the source material. Coincidentally, I liked it. Wow, I wonder how this works. Um, second part i was able to watch it thanks to the fine folks at warner brothers animation sending me a screener copy it's so good and i love this movie i can't wait till this weekend i'm gonna watch them back to back i feel like warner's home animation has a formula if there's a great story let's make it into two movies it worked for dark knight returns it works for long halloween i'm really hoping they do dark Victory, the sequel to Long Halloween, because it throws in Robin into the mix, and that would just be awesome to see Robin treated right in one of these deals. Um, how, what's your excitement level for Long Halloween Part Two? And do you think there's any lesson, maybe, that the live-action universe could use from these 
home animation projects. Chase. Best, like, I think we talked about it, like, the last time we talked about it on Halloween. The best thing they've done was they split these movies up into two three-hour movies versus trying to make them 90-minute movies and cutting half a soul out of the movies. Them actually saying, hey, we, we'll, we'll take the time to tell a story and get it right. It's the best way to go. Um, I don't think... I, j- I mean, like, I almost say, like, there's no, I don't think there's anything that you could take from the animated movies and translate it into live-action movies because it seems like they don't know how to... T- I mean, the... the it almost seems like a better way for a lot of these DC stores is just to make an animated movie. It's like we take elements of um, on Halloween and we put it into Dark Knight, but it's you. It, it doesn't translate. Well, I don't know in what it is because as again, you guys said, Marvel does a very good job of updating their digital their comic books and translating into movies. I don't. Maybe it's. Maybe it's just Marvel has better guys to do it. I mean, and that just could be the case. It's like, we don't have a Kevin Feige, so let's just make all these little movies and go from there. So the thing with um, Long Halloween, that would be a really great movie. And we see elements of that great Long Halloween movie in Dark Knight. And it's one of these deals where it's like, oh man, this is amazing. And as I'm watching the part two of Long Halloween, seeing, oh man, yeah, they had to kind of figure out some ways that it doesn't look like, oh, they're just ripping off Dark Knight for people who never read the story. And I thought they did a really good job of that. And it's one of those deals just like, man, Nolan did a really good job with Dark Knight, but I still really wish we could have gotten a Long Halloween live action movie because that could have been a really easy one for them to onto the big screen but now it's just like all right he took i want to say all the best parts but he took a lot of good parts and really made a great movie out of him uh, but there's still so many good batman particular stories that they could make with no problem like we still i mean i hope that they decide all right let's just do nightfall because nightfall could be like two or three movies if they did it right because i mean it, it works and they could do a lot of cool things. They could pack in Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night's End into two movies and do it justice. Because unlike the death and the return and reign of Superman, there's not a lot of things that expand into other parts of the DC universe where they have to kind of go, oh, shoot, we have to factor this in to make it true. They don't have to do that with that. So Nightfall would be my choice for what they do next. Gunner, what's your, what's your thoughts on it? I can't wait to see too. They really did a good job with it, and yeah, I don't know. I, I like what Nolan did and those elements that he took from it because they fit that universe. You know what I mean? Like it really did fit that universe to me. What they started with Batman Begins and then continued into Dark Knight. What he put it. I mean, that's pretty creepy. Think about what he, how bad it could have been, considering what we're dealing with now with DC. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you did a really good job slicing and dicing. I mean, hell, here's your other comparison, X-Men. What the hell? Like, they tried to throw different elements in. Yeah, exactly. It's just frustrating. They throw shit against the wall at that point. Nolan did not. This was actually surgically well done, right? So I get that. So um, just to touch on that part. But, yeah, I'm excited about two. I want to see how far they go and how much... Like, I'm kind of like, what did they change? Wait, they didn't change anything. They didn't change anything. So, like, you know what I mean? I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, they did change something. But I honestly think that in this rare case, the change is better. It makes the story, it makes the movie better. And I was like, wow, that's good stuff. Because I, you know, I am so much a comic head where it's like, wait, he should be wearing a blue shirt, not a yellow one. I mean, I'm, I'm crazy like that with these adaptations. But that shouldn't be the Riddler at all. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> that was terrible. Like, I was on board with so much of that movie until then. It's like, it was no. so good up until. Yeah, it was like, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. But it's okay, because apparently everyone died in that stupid movie universe that they just killed off oh yeah that's right yeah that was that was bad like ah, oh, that still makes me no, i like that part i was like destroy bad. it burn it, it all to the ground 
it was new 52-ish all over the place. So I was like, yeah, destroy it as much as you can. I was a fan of, of, of Justice League Dark. It destroyed everything. Now that was just well, that one. There was a what was it? What was that crap called? It wasn't called Dark. What was it? Apocalypse War. Yeah. 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 This is Dark Apocalypse War. That's what the whole title was. Yeah. All right. I love so it. I, I I had to go off and just do my own thing because I was so so upset. The box office, Snake Eyes, brought in thirteen point three million opening weekend. I put it behind M. Night Shyamalan's Old, which made $16.5 million. And I said at the time when I did my own that it's ridiculous that we'd lose to M. Night Shyamalan movie because people see it and it's like, come on, I know the twist is going to be amazing or it's going to suck. And that's kind of his rep. So most people now are just like, whatever. I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just talk it up and wait till it comes on home video. Snake Eyes cost $88 million to produce and then there's more for the marketing. I feel like when we first started talking about this movie that I said they should just put this sucker out on demand last year. Because who cares? People watch it because they're starved for content. And even if it's terrible, it won't be terrible by 2020 standards because people are so hard up for something new to watch. And um, their views sucked. It's 42% on Rotten Tomatoes and B minus Cinema Score. People don't love it. And so now there's thoughts that, hey, um, even though the box office is starting to reopen, yeah, it's probably not going to do that great. And there, the thought is it needs to make $160 million to $175 million globally to break even. And now people are like, hey, I don't think it's going to make that much. Overseas, it was in 37 markets. It generated $4 million. In China, it made... No, no, I don't know. It didn't break down all that stuff, but it, it's 37 overseas markets. Um, G.I. Joe, the first film, Rise of Cobra, opened to $54 million, and G.I. Joe Retaliation opened to $40 million. Both of them made $300 million worldwide. That's okay. That's decent. But Snake Eyes is not going to do a very good job of coming anywhere close. Snake Eyes was intended to revive the G.I. Joe franchise. They put in a lot of little, uh, I don't want to say Easter eggs, because they're like breadcrumbs. Like, hey, we're, this is on the path to making a G.I. Joe movie. Let's throw in Baroness. Let's make the weapons dealer for this ninja clan, Cobra. Let's um, just have Scarlet come through and mention G.I. Joe. And Paramount said that, hey, hey, we're very interested in doing a crossover with Transformers. Um, so this article says the performance of Snake Eyes highlights that not all action figures are created equal. I have a huge problem with that. Because um, this wasn't a freaking G.I. Joe movie. This was a let's borrow characters very liberally from the G.I. Joe Real American Hero. Hope for the best. And I feel like if you guys just, just cannibalize the franchise and go, let's use these parts, let's take this, and people don't want to see it, then you have to go, well, did we just not do what people wanted? Because I feel like if you just made a G.I. Joe movie that people wanted, they would have gone to see it. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. I mean, Black Widow made, what, $80 million this opening weekend? Because people know Marvel Studios is quality. They want to go see it. And, you know, they make $60 million on Disney+. Plus. Because people are like, I don't trust these people. I'm not going to. For a dead it. character. But, exactly. For a character dead. It was like Marvel's biggest, quote-unquote, misstep with any of their phases. Let's make a movie about a character that's already dead. And people still went to see it. They're like, who cares how they work it in? It's Marvel. And it made money, right? For, for this, people are like, they're core elements of G.I. Joe. I'm not seeing these core elements. I'm seeing a talkative, chatty snake eyes. What's happening? Um, he's putting on a helmet that makes his visor. Why is this? And, you know, just a random thing. Baroness has short hair. Why didn't you have long hair? What's going on? And why is Storm Shadow not really a ninja? He's wearing like a white trench coat. Why? So... Was this a case where, oh man, Hollywood is so much smarter than us, 
and they know that people aren't going to care about the source material, so they need to figure out a way to appeal to the biggest audience possible. But for some reason, that audience just doesn't care about a show based uh, a movie based off of a cartoon slash comic book line called G.I. Joe Real American Hero. I'm being sarcastic because I know the answer. But, Jays, what do you think? It amazes me. It's like studio execs buy these franchises based off kid properties do not have any faith in them. It's just like they, again, I think they, they just steal the license and go. Like, okay, they're not even like old school licenses. Like, hey, we'll take a comic book and basically sell our toys or TV show. At least to make some money. These guys are just like, we think we have, we have a license. We don't know really what to do with it. Uh, we don't know exactly who to talk to, make this actually something. So we'll just make an action movie with license we took, you know, five years ago that they said is going to revert to somebody else if we don't do a movie. Like, <laughs> Snake Eyes was, I mean, like, and that's why, I mean, Sony thankfully figured that out. It's like, we're going to keep screwing this up. So let's give it to Marvel, let y'all make some money. And guess what? We make more money by y'all doing it, and we just take the residual and it's like, oh, we'd like to complain and say we could do it, but we know we can. I think G.I. Joe is an easy franchise. It is a personality-driven army against a ruthless terrorist organization that's filled with crazy-looking people, ninjas, camouflage saboteurs, masters of disguise, ninjas, Personality. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's like you I, I, watching the GI Joe cartoon. There's so many personalities to take and make. It almost, it, it, it's almost inexcusable. Like, how can y'all not make just Tomax and Zema, Cobra Commander, and Destro? Like, how do you? I mean, these guys have easy personalities, and how do you not make charismatic heroes can thwart them? Like, it does not make sense how you screw this up. Like, I was going to ask y'all, did I miss, maybe in retaliation, maybe I missed it, I don't know. Have we seen the twins in any G.I. Joe live-action movie? Because, I mean, holy because crap, anybody's ever watched G.I. Joe, you remember them, freaking Zartan. There you go. Yeah. They had, they had Zartan, and I didn't, dis, I didn't, like I said, I didn't, like, the second movie, I didn't watch the first one. The second one, I'm like, beside the whole miscasting of Roblox. There were parts in there that were good. It was like, okay, if you guys want to expand off this, go from there. You didn't need to kill off Duke and all. It's like, this isn't one of those realistic movies where you need to kill people to make it make sense. Don't do that. Like, if Chatham Channing can't be Duke in the next one, recast him. Like, don't, like, they were just doing... Or, just don't have Duke on that mission. I mean, like, that Joe has 500 Joes. Each season of G.I. Joe was like, okay, we're going to sh- shift out Hawk for Duke, Duke for Flint, uh, uh, and so on and so on. It's like, like, why do you need to say, hey, like, oh, he's is is Duke away? Duke's on another mission. He's got to deal with other Cobra faction exactly. that we haven't seen on faction. Now, like, <laughs> hey, Roadblock, can you handle this? Sure. I mean, I'm Flint not really can. Roadblock, but okay, I'll take it. It's just, we could easily, you gave us $50 million to write the idea maybe 10 people and you guys, hey, somebody else handled the special effect. I can make it $400 million easy if not a billion. Now, what do you think about this? I mean, yeah, like, they need to just grab one of us, all of us, and be like, can y'all make a G.I. Joe movie? Can y'all make a Transformers movie? Yes, and yes. Watch us build our universe and they will cross over after five movies. You, you don't think we can make five movies that are successful? Watch. All right, let's go watch the old shows and put the shit together and, you know, make it live action and cast it well. Let's find the casting people and do it right. But we're following those stories, season one and two, in Kick-Ass. Also, I mean, here's you, you could, like, making G.I. Joe cross over into Transformers is like, they're a global military organization. Of course they can do it. Like, hey, there's a bunch of giant robots coming. Hey, we got some giant vehicles. Let's work. Come on. 
Michael Bay already had JoJo cameo in his Transformer movie. <laughs> the funny thing to me is, I watch so many action movies where it's like, yeah, this is really easy. I mean, a JoJo movie should just be brain dead because most writers know how to write charismatic ensembles of soldiers who all have quirky, distinct personalities where you don't have to think too hard. Oh, this is the funny guy. This is the smart guy. This is the muscle. This is the medic. This is the communications guy. I mean, it's just that. And this is the cool dude who kills everybody. I mean, that's it. And that's G.I. Joe. But they make it hard to Starship Trooper was supposed to be a Beamer version of it. And they succeeded in almost making a G.I. Joe movie. It was like... Every action movie can do it. It's, it's not hard. It, they, the Jaja movies make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like amazing. we do it right. Didn't Hughes Brothers do it right? Like, you don't have to be an action hero, uh, you know, action director to do it. You just be a director. War? Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me see. I was going to make this my dummy of the week, but I have a better one, so I'm going to hold off. So, um... No, you guys are no longer watching many of the CW verse shows. If you decided to stumble onto Legends of Tomorrow, I know you wouldn't. But Constantine has been a semi fixture of this joint for a minute. And in their infinite wisdom, Warners was like, actually, we've got a Constantine movie slash show that we're working for on HBO Max. And we don't want to confuse our audiences because our Constantine on this is going to be a person of color. But we need you guys to change your TV Constantine to be we need we need you guys to write them off. Yeah, let's do that. Let's write them off. We don't want to make it too confusing. I know we've got this movie with flash where we've got two batman in the same movie but this is going to be too confusing if we have a poc constantine on our show on hbo max and then we have a constantine running around with the legends so get rid of them so the legends team is like okay so matt ryan is going to be a new character on legends because it's too confusing to comic book audiences to grasp the concept of a multiverse where there's more than one character of the same character, despite having gone through the crisis of Infinite Earths crossover. Make sense of this, please. Oh, you mean the fact that they have not streamlined their whole universe into one universe. Now the multiverse is too complicated to deal with. I, I cannot make sense of any of DC's decisions. Like, I think this is a time where Chief would be like, I don't, I mean, the frustration on all of this is so palpable. It's like, how do you, like, you, we were saying, hey, you need that, not cast, uh, what's his face? It's Flash, when you have a perfectly good Flash. Nah, we're going to go with this one. Oh, now we're going to do a multiverse. Oh, okay, we have some Legends people who, I don't, know, let's, I don't know how the ratings of Legends are, but I'm pretty sure anybody who's watching Legends still is not going to necessarily go to a dark Constantine, which, again, you guys already screwed up and got canceled off NBC because you were incompetent. <laughs> so, the fact that you need to actually write... That's probably because they put it on NBC. Again, you could have put that on sci-fi and it would have been on for 10 seasons. So, like, yeah. so, you can't keep your guy who's actually established a character. No, no, we're going to do this again stupidly because our multiverse theory is too stupid for anyone to follow. Hey, this is one point we actually might agree with you. It is stupid, and we don't want to follow it, and I don't care who the new Constantine is. It's like, literally, I don't trust you for anything, let alone jumping on another show that you might cancel before the first episode airs. So, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's crazy. Who would do that? Gunner, what do you think? It's typical, man. It's typical. This is This is what they do. I mean... I don't know how they solved it, but they did this with Slade Wilson. They did this with Deathstroke, remember? They were like, wait, we're going to put him in a movie, maybe. A movie that he gets how much screen time? No, twice. Off the boat and in the nightmare. Uh, that's it, right? Like, we haven't seen him, you know, Mohawkie, and that's it, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, well, screw it, let's just put them back on. I'm like, you could have had great seasons with Deathstroke. Like, season two was phenomenal because of Deathstroke. Yeah, let's write them off because we can't do the, the multiverse. We got all the Suicide Squads. We got the voice of of Harley Quinn, but we can't show the face. 
because we're going to end up doing it later. Just promise. Suicide Squad. Random. <laughs> and I'm like... I, it's like they're struggling too hard to do the wrong thing. Like they're like, we have to have separate universes. Like, yeah. too, they're doing. They're they're really really trying too hard to do the wrong thing. Just mm. put them all together. Dustin Grant should have been Flash all along. That would have brought people to theaters, even if they cut it wrong, which they did, as we know now. It still would have been watchable. I didn't have hey, to. Gunner. Worry. Awkward dude, like what? Ooh, I landed on the chick and touched the boobs because it's the eighties. Not his fault. Josh Whedon being a bad creator. Uh, if nothing else, they could have made Flash a blonde, made hired a blonde actor to play Barry Allen. Maybe. God, yeah, like, hey, look, that's that's like the comic book. They're like, yo, right. Flash is a brunette. What are you doing? Not as small as simple, but it's just like a an an indicator of how reckless they are. Like. It doesn't matter. Let's just hire him. I mean, because I just... I don't know how to just get the low-hanging fruit. That's the problem with DC. It's like, here, just cast somebody. If you're going to go in a different direction, just, hey, this is our dude. Put some faith in him. Like, we're going to see, what is it, next year, Robert Patterson is Batman. How many movies do you really think Robert Patterson is going to be Batman? One to two? It ain't going to be... I I would put money. It's not going to be three. I think it's three. Yeah, It'll be a cameo at best in that third one. Oh, I think he signed on for a trilogy for Matt Reeves. Oh, okay. Jeff, do you have any faith DC will actually follow through on that? I'm sure because it's Batman and because they assume that Batman equals close to a billion dollars that they will do that. I think their problem, which they're going to run into, is they have a separate Batman universe. And when they introduce this Michael Keaton Batman right next to the Ben Affleck Batman, people are going to be like, what? And because they've done such a crummy job of taking and choosing what they want, Marvel Studios, which is adapting Marvel's multiverse, which is basically a newer thing, where it's like, oh, let's do this. And we're going to see Marvel Studios do a better version of the multiverse when that's been a facet of DC since the early 80s where it's been like, sure, of course Superman and Justice League are going to go over to Earth 2 to hang out with the Justice Society. And yeah, they'll go to Earth S and team up with the Shazam family, but somehow along the way it got too complicated for people who read even before the internet. The internet made that thing super easy. Oh, here you go. Link to this. Link to this. I'll do a YouTube video explaining this in 10 minutes and everybody can catch up and understand it. Now it's like, this is so confusing. Uh, Let's make it simple. And they're about to mess up and watch Marvel do what they perfected and was so entertaining because it was like, oh, what's going to happen now when these guys team up? And Marvel's going to be like, yo, check this out. We're about to put Tom Holland Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And look, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is here too. And everybody's going to be like, this is amazing. And DC's going to be like, what the heck? That was our thing. Think about it. Like Loki just set it up. It's like, out of the bag like we we just literally have bred all the breadcrumbs there's a multiverse and like i said the next movie you get that spider-man and it's gonna be like you see this it, i mean like your cameo grant gustin in the uh, sorry i'm as ezra miller, ezra miller. grant gustin's flash and they're gonna do it vice versa it's like you guys screwed it up and no i mean you're done it's like you, your Batmans are going to be trash and no one's going to want to see anything for like three or four more years. And those surprises. All right. Well, fellas, it is that magical time of the week. Who are your nominees? Dummies of the week. Ace, what you got? Okay. Well, you know, as we always like to start it off different with me starting out first on a dummy of the week. Uh, once again, my dummy of the week is Mr. Cole Beasley of the Buffalo Bills. Because now that the NFL is going to have actual penalties for people not being vaccinated and, you know, teams forfeiting games and forfeiting uh, their games, now it's, hey, well, the NFL is not giving us enough chance to do our own research and, you know, and really figuring out what the consequences are, and, you know, and they're really worried about our freedom. It's like, uh, buddy, remember when Colin was telling y'all about freedom? And it was, oh, I need to get back to playing. He needs to look for the team. Now it's, oh, well, wait a minute. Now it's my body. Oh, I need to... I need to actually make sure everything's right for me. It's it's not about the team. It's about me. It's like, get out of here. 
that is why Mr. Cole Beasley is my dummy of the week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with the NFL on this thing, except for finding the team, the other team money. I think that's whack because it's like, uh, why should the Niners pay? Because the Seahawks don't have everybody or had a COVID outbreak. Uh, three of the Niners have had or are in COVID protocols. I'm like, listen, get your tails vaccinated. I am glad that my Niners have at least 90% of the team vaccinated, which is great. I feel like every team should because it's like, uh, let's be smart. About you know what? They're going to do like some old school fighting. It's like if like the game starts and like one team has to forfeit, like the other team just goes over to the other side and whoops their tail for costing them, you know, $100,000. So oh, maybe we can get that any given Sunday scene where like somebody stands on top of somebody else's like supercar with a chainsaw. Just goes, ah! <sighs> Sir, how much? You, you, you got, you were unvaccinated? You cost me $100,000? I'm saying now in your car. That's fifty thousand. My nominee are certain section of Big Brother because on Twitter they are losing their ever loving mind because this mandate by CBS that reality shows had to have fifty percent people of color, and so the black people on Big Brother are actually going. Oh, you know what? There's more than one or two of us on here. Let's team up. And make sure that we look out for each other. And predictably, the black people are winning. And they are staying together. And they're eliminating people that don't look like them. Which is causing some outrage. This is racism. Can you imagine (laughs) what would happen if there was an all-white alliance? And they targeted minorities? This dude on Twitter proceeded. Hold on, hold on. This person on Twitter proceeded to list all of the all white alliances by the time and this is on twitter of course so it was like see more so it wasn't even all of them it was just like here's all they can fit on my screen right now i have so much more that you can click further to see it and it's like shut up so you guys dummies of the week because wow it's like whoa this is mind-blowing this is crazy and so unfair Welcome to how I've been watching Big Brother for the last 18 years. So I'm I mean, loving it. Uh, this is like, yeah, I love the season. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I mean, it's like half the time when Big Brother was starting, it was like, oh, yeah, he, he could be a threat. And it was always like majestly the minority dude. Or it's like, oh, yeah, I don't really like her attitude and somehow magically get rid of the black women. You know, it, it's and the fact that they've decided now that they're going to actually re- revamp the schedule. Yes, this is the world that you had been living in, and now you can see what every black person was saying when we were watching this stuff. Like, man, this is ridiculous. Like, now have a little empathy and understand how sucky this would be if it was real life. We should still this. Gunner, what's your nominee? Uh, just a piggyback. Maybe they understand that Dave Chappelle uh, skid a little more now, huh? <laughs> the mad real world. Um, anyways, uh, my dummies of the week are, I mean, I don't know how you can listen to the testimony of the Capitol Police, which is on TV, so it counts, and uh, still be like, you know what? It didn't happen. They're fighting for freedom. Whatever the excuse is, even if they do acknowledge it as a terrorist act. Yeah, terrorist act for freedom. I'm like, so you're an insurgent. Got it. Um, Anyway, I I got these are the dummiest, dummiest dummies of the week. Like, I can't fathom looking at it on live TV and saying, right, privilege doesn't exist, saying, well, shouldn't be protesting out there anyway and causing riots. Black people, look at us. Pro-Trumpies. You know, I I can't imagine being that stupid. <laughs> I just can't imagine being that stupid. Thank God I'm not. Those are my dummies. Outstanding. Alright, well fellas, thank you as always for rolling with me. Thank you all out there for listening with us. This episode of Loud's Movie Files has been filed.